Hey, 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 how's it going, Fofo? How's everyone doing? Episode six, let's go. Hey, man, how are you doing today? Man, I'm I'm doing well. I can't believe it's already Thursday. Man, the week just flies on by. Man, where do we got? We got less than two days. Two nights, we'll be watching. Yeah, man, we are two days away from some playoff football, man. I am hyped. Oh, man, it's uh, it's a great time, man. This is the time of the year playoffs and you know what man wild card weekend to me in particular is hands down always my favorite the upsets right oh yeah i mean anything can truly happen man heading into you know first week of playoffs uh i don't think anybody anticipated last year the Bengals doing what they did a lot of people had them out wild card week or at weekend right so i completely agree with you man it's my favorite weekend as well I think we got uh we got quite a bit of stuff to get through today, man. We got a a great segment going on here today, uh, talking about our uh, NFL playoff power rankings, man. Do you uh, do you have your uh, research down? Do you feel pretty good about your power ranking list? I think we're having some technical difficulties. Give us just a second. Yes. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, man. Like we always say, we're not tech guys, right? <laughs> One of these days, once the budget opens up and we can get this get this figured out right we're gonna invest in the product and make sure that the uh, the tech is better hey man you're cutting out pretty you're cutting out pretty bad man uh are you uh are you give me are you give me one second okay one second all right i think we should be smooth sailing from here on out man okay yeah let me know absolutely you sound much better okay perfect so yes i just i think really the perception that i took is who i think is the most likely to reach the Super Bowl. That's how I base my power rankings. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's it. I think if I had to bet tomorrow on, you know, this team making it to the playoffs and this team making it to the playoffs and just the uh, the team I'd be willing to lay down the uh, the odds on. Nice, man. Nice. I like your approach to it. I, uh, I, I guess the way you did yours was more of who you believe is going to make it to the Super Bowl in a likelihood uh, a percentage type situation is that correct yes correct i wouldn't based off my probability of uh you know them making it to the super bowl yes awesome okay that's awesome i went a little bit differently with my with my takes man i uh i i kind of came up with a formula uh that hopefully is gonna determine who uh is the best team man and i i, I kind of thought of a good way to do this would be to take the four most important parts of a football team and that is your head coach your quarterback your offense and your defense and i gave them rankings of one one through five and i did that for every team in the power in the playoffs and that's kind of how i built my uh my power ranking man i i saw who had the most points who had the least points if they were tied i just picked who i thought had the better overall team so I'm very intrigued to see uh, how these play out, man. All right, let's go. Well, you know what, man? We got a lot to get through today. We got a lot of other topics, right? As up to date, we got to cover some news that been dropping today, man. You hear about the old uh, NFC South coach, Coach Sean Payton, man? He's got a high price tag. Woo! He's wanting a lot of money to come back and coach, man. And you got to remember. I believe the Saints also are going to get a draft pick out of this from whatever team takes them. So not only is he demanding the team give him a ton of money, 
but he's also demanding that they give up. The rumor is a first round draft pick, so it's very interesting, man. What are you? Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you? I mean, I know you were a Panthers fan for you know most of your your fandom, uh, and you obviously have seen him play uh, against your team, coach against your team multiple times. What is your uh, What is your take, man? Are you? Is he worth that kind of money? Fifteen, twenty million a year? Well, let's see. I do think that's what the uh, the rumor percep- uh, the rumor price tag is for him. I gotta say, I think he is. All right, and I'll tell you why. First off, we have to think about where he comes from. He comes from under Coach Bill Parcells. All right, and I think the thing is, there's a, a famous interview that he did where he mentioned almost taking the Raiders job early in his career, and he listened to Coach Bill Parcells. And Parcells, who he sees as a father figure, who actually also Bill uh, Belichick tutored under uh, Bill Parcells as well, right? So in the late 90s at the uh, the New York Giants. And so I just want to really like for those who aren't as familiar with Bill Parcells, he's up there on the uh, maybe the GOAT or the Mount Rushmore level of. I would say any coach that is anybody speaks extremely high of Bill Parcells, man. So, yeah, I completely agree. Yes, and I know we got a younger crowd, right? So we even caught Bill Parcells at the later end of his career. That being said, I think Peyton, he was smart enough to pass on that Raiders job because Parcells told him not to take it. He said there would be other chances. Peyton, let's remember, he didn't want to take that New Orleans Saints job, right? But he took it. And he actually really did well by being able to get Drew Brees, who failed a physical for the Miami Dolphins and ended up having to also go to New Orleans. And you know what? That's a teaser for a future episode. What would have happened if Nick Saban got Drew Brees in Miami? <laughs> but Oh, be, my uh, goodness. He would have never went back to Bama. Well, hey, if the college football landscape would look very different. That being said, I do think Sean Payton is worth every single penny. I know he works hard. He trains well. He's just such a good offensive coach, man. I think the league is heading that way. If he can get the right pieces around him, absolutely. I'd I'd pay him any open check, man, blank check, right? What, what, just whatever he wants. And so, yes, I do think Sean Payton. You know, although he's not as likable, I think from the resume perception, like he's amazing. He's a great coach, man. I'd pay him. What about you? Ah, man, okay, I'm going to be a little bit biased in my take. He's my least favorite coach in the league. I want to preface my statements by saying that um, I'm a Buccaneers fan. I've lost to him quite a bit of times. Um, I I, kind of think he's smug. And if I'm being I think he's an overhyped coach uh, in the NFL. I think a lot of what he does is smoke and mirrors on the offensive side of the football. Um, He's also had... Drew Brees tied to his name the entire career. And then the second that he didn't have Drew Brees anymore, he miraculously rides off into the sunset. Um, So I think he knows as well. Now, coming back, um, it's going to be interesting. I personally think if he can get on the right team, if, if, if he could get Russell Wilson, that's a little intriguing there because it's a very similar statured quarterback to Drew Brees, right? Both under 5'11", both shorter guys. But both and, and and honestly, Drew Drew Brees and Russell Wilson do play uh, very similar to each other. So I think that's interesting. I think that there is uh, there there would be some uh, potential of making that work. And you know, the price is the price. If you think he's going to be the guy, you'll pay him what he's worth, right? So yeah, I think uh, 
I, I don't know if I agree with the price tag, but it, I do think that he will be coaching back in the NFL next year. Um, and I think a team will give him what he wants. Here's the thing. I don't think it's that much of a price tag, especially if you look at coaches. You know, there's no risk of injury with the coach, right? And, I mean, there can be health concerns, right? We had that with Bruce Arians recently. But, I don't know. I just I think Sean Payton's up there, man. I think he's one of the best coaches I've seen in the last several years. No, and, and that's understandable, right? Um, you know, you do have to uh, to take into account his playoff success, uh, and honestly, his regular season win percentage as well. It's it's um, it's a lot higher than most other coaches, and absolutely any coaching candidate out there, maybe outside of you know uh, Harbaugh, um, that's going to be available. So, um, and speaking of great coaches, man, let's segue into the next coach, Coach Frank Reich, possibly heading to the Carolina Panthers. Right? Did you hear about that? I did, man. I did. And uh, I, I think you use the term uh, great pretty loosely there. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily classify him as great. I think, uh, I, you know, he's one of those coaches where he also was tied to a great quarterback. And when that quarterback left town, he didn't win a whole lot. So um, I'm going to lean. Uh, I think this is a good interview for Carolina to get the ball moving. I think that this is uh first of a few that they'll be doing. I don't know if this is a great fit for the for the Carolina Panthers who are going to want to get back into the postseason, especially with that talented young defense. I just I don't know if I see it as a great fit. What about you? Again, I, I like it quite a bit. I think Coach Frank Reich is one of the most underrated coaches in the last several years. Look what he did with Indy. He didn't have much to begin with. Did he lose a couple of big games? Yes. But come on, man. He, he was able to almost get into the playoffs with Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. I just, I don't think Coach Frank Reich gets the respect he deserves, in my opinion. So I hope he gets the chance in Carolina to take over, get his guy at quarterback, whoever that ends up being, and see what he can do in that division. All right. Well, I, it'll be interesting to see with both Sean Payton and Frank Reich uh, how these turn out. And obviously, anytime we get any news or any updates on anything, um, any coaching interviews or uh, coaching hires, we're going to go over and uh, into pretty good detail here on the pod. So um, I think, man, I I had a little bit of a interesting uh, article come up that I kind of wanted to discuss on the pod, man, uh, before we get into our uh, power ranking. If, if, you, if you're down, uh, it's yeah, a, uh, it's kind of a passer rating. It was passer ratings this season under 85. And there were eight quarterbacks that hit this mark. And 85, not good. You don't want to be really under probably 95. It's kind of where it starts to get a little uh, – 85 is not great. Um, so I have these eight quarterbacks here, and I can list them. Uh, Mac Jones, Matt Ryan – Baker Mayfield, Davis Mills, Kenny Pickett, Carson Wentz, Zach Wilson, and Russell Wilson. Uh, Goggin, out of this group, who's who's salvageable, man? Who do you think is going to be able to make it work? Who do you think is going to be seeing their last downs of football? Wow, that's if I'm if my percentages and my math is correct. That's a quarter of the league, and the quarterback play was that bad from an efficiency perception perspective. Wow. If I had to take one of these quarterbacks, I might have to go with Kenny Pickett. And I say that in the sense that you can kind of fine tune a quarterback's 
accuracy to an extent. You can fine-tune their preparation, right? So you can elevate a bit of that. But what you can't elevate and you cannot teach is the Tim Tebow factor of winning games and you don't know how they won them. And Pickett had a lot of that this year. And so I, I maybe go with Pickett because I just can say that with the one-year sample size, I think he's got more of a room for improvement. We've seen what we've seen with Zach Wilson, right? I don't like him. I don't think he prepares. I think it's also hard to win over, you know, your, your team, right? So, like, my three questions, would you want to have a drink with the guy? The second question, would the teammates want to have a drink and hang with the guy? And the third is, would you want him as your franchise quarterback? And so, of this list, I'd probably go with Pickett because we just don't know. So, his sample size of one year, all right, cool. Won some games, went nine, didn't go nine and eight, but the team was able to go nine and eight. And you know what? I didn't like his efficiency, but let's see what we can do. Let's get him some more weapons. Carson Wentz, man, I I wouldn't want anything to do with the guy. I can't believe he still gets <laughs> I don't know, man. He must have a heck of an agent because he's able to keep getting these contracts and teams keep giving him multiple chances. Baker Mayfield, he'll always have a couple of good games and it'll get you to kind of fall for Baker again. But I'm not falling for that. Matt Ryan... He's done. Mac Jones, I don't know. I think I'm a bit more split on him. I think his first year was good. But again, there's enough film and footage on him. I think he's a little bit too temperamental. That's not going to help at the quarterback level. And Russell Wilson, man, the fall from grace that he's had this year, I don't know. Are you able to actually recover? I just think the thing with Russell is he was always the guy that worked harder than others. I don't know if he does that anymore. And it's hard to do that, right? He's had a lot of success, and he's he's got a, you know, a top. Uh, yeah, I just don't think he's at the top anymore. And I think it's hard because ultimately, I just don't think he wants it anymore. And he's got other priorities, right? Sierra, the kids. He's his hands are full, man. He's not going, you know, driving in and beating that Seattle traffic, getting into the facility at three or four a.m. anymore. And so I think once you lose that, when you're Russell Wilson, that's what's going to happen, man. He has to put in that extra effort, and we'll see if he can do that next year. But I just don't know. All right, what do you got, man? I think you raised a lot of good, interesting points, man. Uh, I don't necessarily know if we agree on the same quarterbacks here. Um, I kind of made some some notes on these guys. Uh, when it comes to Mac Jones, for example, man, I'm completely done with him. I think I've seen enough. I've seen two full years starting, and I know this guy is a middle-of-the-pack, backup-style quarterback. I, nothing he does wows you. I don't get it, man. I truly don't. Yeah, his first year was all right. It was better than all right. Made the you know made the Pro Bowl as like a seventh alternate. That's great, but it's it's not working, and he's not doing anything more than what Cam Newton could have been doing for that team. So I don't get it. Matt Ryan, man, hey, he's had a great career. Um, I, I feel bad trashing him here. He's done, and I think that's fair to say. Maybe a couple years as a backup, but there's no chance of him getting a starting role heading into next season. Baker Mayfield's an interesting one. I think he showed a lot of flashes, man, with these Rams. They were very injury depleted, and he didn't have a lot of weapons around him this season. Um, heck, Cam Akers was his probably his best help, and he didn't even play for the, the starting Rams, if you know what I mean. So um, Baker's an interesting one on there that I think could potentially find his way into a starting spot. If not for the Rams, maybe another team that, 
is desperate and looking for a, you know, bridge quarterback. Davis Mills, I'm a big Davis Mills fan. I think this uh, this is a little this shocked me to see that it was under 85 because he actually makes a lot of good decisions with the football. He doesn't have a ton of help. Um, that roster down in Houston outside of the running back and Juan, if you're if you're listening, man, feel free to uh, chime in on this. You know, but that roster is terrible, and and Davis Mills is not the problem down there in Houston. Um, Kenny Pickett, man, last few weeks of the season looked tremendous. Um, he really did. I mean, he got it done. He he did what was needed. The first five starts he had was awful in some of the worst football you can watch. So maybe it's a Mike Tomlin just needs a few games with them to get him to roll. But I think it's way too early to write Kenny Pickett off, similar to what you had said. Carson Wentz, completely agree. Yeah, he had an MVP season, but how much of that was Doug Peterson? I just can't give him any credit at this point. He's shown absolutely no improvement. His first pass back in as a starter after his injury, picked. His last pass as a starter, pick. It's the same old Carson Wentz. Nothing changes. Russell Wilson, I'm not writing him off, man. Hackett was a bad coach, and one could say he absolutely could not hack it as an NFL head coach. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give Wilson another year. I think his sample size of what we have seen versus what was last year, it has to be an anomaly, right? That leaves me with my final quarterback, a guy that I still believe can be a 15-year NFL franchise quarterback, and that's Zach Wilson. Everybody seems to not like him. He's the villain. You know, I'll take that. But the throws that this kid made at BYU were special. And a lot of people that talk football and have quarterbacked in this league praised him more than they praised a lot of other quarterbacks. I'm not ready to write off Zach Wilson. I think maybe a change of scenery or maybe they bring a veteran into camp and he makes their life hell like he said he was going to do this week. But I think Zach Wilson starts for the Jets next year, and I think he starts every game of the season. Wow, that's a wow, that's a tough take. I think the the you know the caveat I would add to your Zach Wilson take. You're right; he's a small town kid from Utah. I mean, New York, I'm sure, is not his energy. It's not his vibe. I can see that being difficult in any young person, right? If you got dropped into a city that you just didn't mesh well with, right? Or that wasn't your area. And then you've got all that pressure, right? And so, I don't know, man, New York's big. I'm sure he's distracted a lot there, right? A lot of people in New York and, you know, Zach Wilson. I don't know. He seems to be the type of guy who's willing to talk to anyone, right? Seems very outgoing. And I'm sure he's distracted. And I that's, think the thing that's is, fair. Yeah. Right. So we, we want to add that in, right? Where, like, again, a plant can only grow with the right water, the right soil, and the right light. And sometimes you just have to move that plant a few feet in a same room or in a different room, and it can finally reach its full potential. Right. And I just, I think environments, everything, man, I really do think that Zach Wilson played more like Jack Wilson this year. And you'll ask who, who's that exactly. Right. And yeah, I just think that was it. I think Davis Mills, I think he played a little bit better, man, than people would indicate. I watched a lot of footage of him this year, man. And I just felt like he was always on the run, but he was, I don't know, maybe we can get him some more weapons. Right. So what would you think? What do you think about that? I think it was great, man. I think, uh, 
you know, I think that was some solid takes. Um, I, I would honestly just say that, you know, when it comes to these quarterbacks, it, it, you're going to have them on rosters next year, right? And we're probably going to see, I think it's safe to say, probably at least a quarter, so two of them start. Um, that said, it's going to be interesting. Um, and, you know, man, uh, y- y- we, we wouldn't have predicted that Joe Flacco would be ending uh, starting games this season, I, w- I think. So you never know, man. You really, truly never know. And, man, did Flacco look good? That Browns comeback? I don't know. I kind of got to put that. I might be romanticizing Joe Flacco's comeback against the Browns, but it was just remarkable to watch, man. That was early in the year. Wow. Yeah, man, I, I, I agree. Uh, so I think now might be a good time, man, uh, to transition into our segment that we have. Uh, we were really excited about this one, man, the NFL playoff power rankings. We took two completely different approaches to it, so hopefully um, for the listener it won't become repetitive. Um, that said, uh, Goggin is going to be kind of giving his power ranking based on teams most likely to win the Super Bowl. And mine is going to be strictly looking at the head coach, the quarterback, the offense, and the defense. And once again, I'm using a one through five ranking on each of those, adding the score up. And then that is where the team will lie. If there is a tie, I do take the team that I think is the better of the two teams. So, um, yeah, we're kind of excited to get into this. Goggin, do you want to uh, – do you kind of want to break down your uh, your power ranking here, man? Uh, do you want to start with your 14, or do you want to go just uh, 14 through 1, man, and be able to run through yours? I'm, I really would like to just go number by number and uh, have an exp- explanation, right? Because number 14, the team least likely to win a game and to go to the Super Bowl is the Dallas Cowboys. Come on, man. They've been a dumpster fire in the playoffs for so long. They just haven't been doing well. I mean, Coach Mike McCarthy, Dak Interception Prescott. Come on, man. I don't know really where they're going to go. They're playing Tampa Tom. I don't like the matchup at all for Dallas here. I mean, come on. It's the team that always chokes in the playoffs versus a guy who always somehow, you know, I like to call him Tom Nine Lives Brady, who always somehow seems to pull it out. And I just, I really think Dallas, man, it's not even close. Maybe the game will be a slightly competitive, but there's no way that the Cowboys win this game. And ultimately, I just think the defense that has carried them for so long has fallen apart. The run game, we'll see what they, what they can do, but I don't know. I think Dak really has struggled ever since Samari Cooper left. So yeah, I think it's that simple. I think Dallas is most likely to lose and not make the Super Bowl. Who you got at 14? Wow, man, I... I think that if you're looking at it from a power ranking standpoint, um, using actual rosters and whatnot, that would be very shocking. But in terms of teams that can actually get it done uh, versus teams that you know aren't going to get it done, man, I'm not going to disagree with you. The Dallas Cowboys are what? An accident waiting to happen. They do it every year. Every year we overhype them. Every year we talk about how – to, you know, we, we go back, go back to the Tony Romo years. Every, you know, those years they were Super Bowl locks. I mean, look at them now. There's nothing that's changed other than the players' names on the back of the jersey. The owner's the same. I completely love that take, man, in terms of ranking them from, you know, most likely to least likely to win the Super Bowl. Dallas is right where they belong at 14. Um, you know, they, oh, they've yeah, got the go, level, man. they've almost got the level of uh, reliability of that cool uncle that says he's going to show 
up to your birthday party, right? And you're like, yeah, that's the cool uncle. He's coming. He's coming. And then he's not there, right? Oh, okay. And that's, that's the Dallas Cowboys, man. Just uh, that level of uh, reliability, man, when it comes to the playoffs, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, man? I Maybe do, this man. Maybe just being a, uh, a December birthday close to Christmas. Maybe I'm a little bitter for no one ever showing up to my birthdays, man. <laughs> I, I always remembered your birthday, bro. I always. I got it. <laughs> yes. All right, man. Who you got at 14? All right, man. So I'll, I'll jump in here at 14. Uh, I have the fighting Seattle Seahawks, man. I, I, I ranked them in, in the form of I gave Pete a ton of credit. I gave him a four out of five. I gave the quarterback of the fighting Seattle Seahawks a one out of five. Gino is not the guy, man. Um, he's due for a disastrous game, and we're not far off. I went ahead and gave their offense a two. A little disrespectful with how they can score points, but we need to look at that. That's not going to work, especially against a great defense like the Niners, and it works on teams that have no defense. They're facing teams that have defenses. Welcome to playoff football. That's going to be tough. And then their defense, I gave them a two. I honestly think that they kind of get stuff done, but – Man, I, I can't. I can't agree. I can't say that they're gonna wow you. They're gonna get some turnovers, but they're gonna give up touchdowns. And so they're at two. You add up four, one, two, two. You're gonna get nine. Seattle uh, is tied with another team, but I think they are the worst active playoff team currently. So they're gonna take my final spot or my my lowest spot, man. What about you? What's your uh, what's your thirteen? Okay, again, my thirteen should not surprise anyone. All right, if we can really set aside their regular season success every year, just like Dallas, you'll you'll know exactly where I'm going with this. The Minnesota Vikings, man. Kirk Cousins and company are the least, the second least likely team to reach the Super Bowl, in my opinion. I don't like Minnesota at all. You've got an inexperienced coach. We don't like that. The defense is subpar. I mean, you got one amazing receiver in Justin Jefferson, but come on, man. At the end of the day, I just don't like Kirk Cousins. I think Dalvin Cook can make a couple of plays, but it seems to be that he does miss a lot of snaps and does miss a lot of plays. All right, his durability, it's the end of the season. I don't know how well he's holding up right now. I just, I also don't like the matchup for Minnesota. So... That, hey, man, not to jump in, but I wanted to add to your yes. point here about Dalvin Cook. Uh, if anyone watched on uh, week 18, he actually did get banged up in that game, in that final regular season game and left for, uh, I believe, a quarter. So talking about Dalvin Cook and injuries, man, as a Florida State fan, uh, as I am, it's tough. The guy's immensely talented, but he's hurt every season. So I just wanted to back you up on that, man. And um, they already, you know, I don't know if you had seen those highlights, man. But, yeah, he was uh, banged up heading into into this week. Yes. So, right. And I think that's really it. I don't know if I can defend Minnesota as much as I would like to. They've had a great year, though. And um, I think as far as my point, that's really ultimately it. And did you... You want to go ahead and give me your number 13? Yeah, man. I went ahead and remember my power ranking is going to be based on um, the roster itself. So we're not looking at matchups. We're looking at rosters. Uh, I have the Baltimore Ravens at 13. Uh, I give, you know, I give Harbaugh a four out of five on coaching. I have a ton of respect for him. He's a man who's been to the big dance, won the big dance. 
I also went ahead, uh, gave them a one at quarterback, and that's if if I could give a zero, I probably would have. You know, it's a total wild card this week. We have no film on them. Um, I gave the offense a one as well because I don't know if I've seen a Ravens touchdown score this year, man. That wasn't by Lamar earlier in the year, um, so they're gonna get a or one Mark, there. Or, or oh, Mark Andrews, right? <laughs> or Mark Andrews. Oh, yeah, <laughs> hey, no disrespect. No disrespect to a top three tight end in football there. Um, you know, that almost made me want to raise it to a two. But uh, And then I'm going to go to the defense, and I'm going to give them a three. They're definitely not the, the defensive Ravens past. But um, they definitely they, – they are a team that has a stout defense and can keep you in games. So you go ahead and add that up. You also get nine. Uh, with four for the coach, one for the uh, one for the quarterback, one for the offense, and three for the defense. Um, I like them more than I like Seattle, um, so they're going to get my number thirteen spot, man. Wow! All right, I I can appreciate that and I can respect that. I think I you'll be uh, maybe a little intrigued by where I've got my Baltimore Ravens on my list, but we'll see. Again, I think the next team at number twelve for me. The New York Giants. They've had a great year, but they've won a lot of close games. And that was also why I've got Minnesota low. When you win these close games, you can have a statistical anomaly of a season. You can have the Carolina Panthers run a 15-1, and where they were winning on every, every game. It seemed like they were winning on a field goal at the end. But at some point, when you're winning close, it catches up to you. I think it'll catch up to the Giants. Dan Jones, I like him as a runner. I don't like his efficiency as a passer. He's prone to turnovers. Brian Dayball, this is his first head coach. Ooh, I don't know if you guys heard that, man. This is uh, you know, out here on the main streets of Honolulu, man. That guy's Here's a huge Brian Dayball fan, man. Let me <laughs> wrap the one up for good old Brian Dayball. <laughs> I could picture I could picture Brian Dayball revving one up, man. I'm just saying. Yeah, that may have been a sign that maybe uh, the universe doesn't like my New York Giants pick here, man. That was the city of New York being a little angry at me. But, <laughs> but to build on this take, I, it's Dayball's first coach, uh, first coaching gig as a, for the playoffs, and I don't know. He doesn't have Josh Allen back there, right? He's got Dan Jones, and we'll see what he can do with him. I don't know. I think the Giants have overachieved up to this date, and I think they're they should be able to beat Minnesota. It'll be a close game, but the next game after that, there's no way they win. So the Giants are are fortunate to have had the season they've had, but I just don't think they have a good enough quarterback. And that was another thing, right? Where I think these last three teams—the Cowboys, the Vikings, and the Giants—some of the weakest quarterbacks in in the playoffs right now combined with the weakest coaches so that's my take man who you got at 12 nice man nice at 12 for me uh i have the miami dolphins i gave uh you know i get mcdaniels a three um i had to give the quarterback situation a one with skylar thompson it's not pretty um if it was Tua, probably could have bumped him up a point if not two with how well he has played this year um and on the offensive side of the ball though i gave him a three and it's a three with an asterisk, meaning I'm giving them more credit than I probably should. But when you have playmakers like Tyree Kill and you're able to move the ball through the air the way as, as well as they have and has a creative of a coach as McDaniels is to be able to get the ball to playmakers, I like them at three. Um, I also give their defense a three. It's not the best Miami defense, but 
it's solid. And uh, more so, man, if I could give their special teams a 10, I would. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I gave them uh, – so with those scores, they ended up being at a 10, which is a point higher than both Baltimore and a point higher than Seattle, which is why they're at my 12th spot. All right. Yeah. You know, I like the fact that you've got your formula, man. You got the four Mula, right? Hey, man, I wasn't great in math. And, you know, I'm able to put together a formula here, though, when it comes to sports and things that truly matter. So uh, shout out to shout out to all my 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 teachers back in high school. They're probably not listening because I don't think they were big sports fans when I tried to talk with them. But hey, if they if, if, if they do, you taught me something and I appreciate you. Right. They should have been talking, not Pythagoras theorem, but they should have been talking about Pythagoras theorem and giving you some, hey. some quarterback <laughs> some quarterback analytics, right? Hey, All if right, we were talking was... QBR instead of <laughs> Y equals MX plus B, man, I'd be a straight A student. I'll tell you that. Yes, yes some algebra with, uh, with analytics. All right. So my number 11, this is a team where I did rank them higher than I would have liked, and it just had to do with the coach. I think coach... Mike McDaniel and you know the Miami 49ers, as Q likes to say, the Miami Dolphins at number 11. They've got a very tough matchup, but it is a division matchup against um, against the Bills. So if it's close, who knows? And uh, Skylar Thompson, man, he's kind of a bigger guy. So I think if they're able to run the ball with him a little bit and just balance the efficiency, I think Miami's going to be able to run the ball on on Buffalo. If you look at some of the Buffalo struggles the last two, three years, that defense doesn't do as well against the run. I think that is the path of victory to beat Baltimore. Uh, it's a correction to beat Buffalo. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just, I like Miami, man, at number 11. I think they've got Waddle who can take it to the house on any play, right? It seems like every time he gets a slant pass, it's going 80 yards or 70 yards or however long the field is at that time. Tyreek Hill, also can go anytime, anywhere. The Lamborghini, as we like to reference him here, all right? So it's just one of those things where I've seen this before where you have receivers who can make plays. And quite honestly, I think if Tua was playing, I'd like Miami a lot more. Miami, they kind of remind me of the uh, the Arizona Cardinals. The 9-7 Arizona Cardinals with Kurt Warner, Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, and I... I just think when you have two elite dynamic receivers, oh man, it's it's hard to cover them both, especially in the playoffs, right? And I think there's going to be some nerves on the ball, on the uh, Buffalo defense. So we'll see. I like uh, Miami at 11, man. Who you got? Well, hey man, I just wanted to add something to you here because I think using your your reasoning for these, this is a great spot for them. I wanted to say too, man, you mentioned how they if they get past this game, which I think everyone kind of knows. This is the tough one for them, right? Because if Miami can somehow steal this one with Skylar, you know Skylar Thompson, they're going to get Tua back, and he's going to be healthy, and that is a completely different playoff team. And teams do not want to face Miami, especially a Miami team that's gone on win streaks of four in uh, three games this year. So you do not want to face them, especially if they get hot and steal one against the best arguably one of the best teams in the playoffs right so love the take man um in terms of my next pick here at my number 11 um i have the san diego see still calling them san diego don't care that they're in los angeles 
the San Diego Superchargers. I went ahead and gave them a one, uh, and and that's mainly because I think that I guess the best way to describe this is. I just think the coaching from the coordinators to, you know, the head coaching situation over there is absolutely atrocious. I think that Brandon Staley might be the worst coach in football up until when Hackett got fired. I truly believe that. Um, so that that's why I gave him a one there. I gave Herbert a three, might be a little low to some people. He makes a lot of great plays, but he also makes a lot of boneheaded plays as well. Uh, I went ahead and gave offensive plays as well. They can move the ball and, and purr, right? But there are games they sputter, and when they sputter, it's ugly. Uh, I went ahead and gave that Chargers defensive I think that might also be a little bit low, but not consistent enough for my liking. Um, that hey, Fofo, your mic's cutting yeah. out a little bit. Uh, if you can just repeat after the uh, Justin Herbert part, just just so we get a bit clearer audio. All right. Can you hear me? Yes. Go for it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So pretty much I was just talking about how Herbert's a little inconsistent and that's not my cup of tea, which is why I gave him a three. Um, the offense, it can really purr. It can really move, but it can also sputter. And that's not necessarily an ideal offense heading into a playoff team against other really great teams. So I gave them a three as well. Uh, we're looking at the defense now. Went ahead and gave them a three. A lot of good playmakers, a lot of talent, but they're just inconsistent. So that gets them a score of 10. Uh, same as the Miami Dolphins. I like them more than I like Miami. Very well. Uh, just a quick comment and quick thought, because I wonder if you know I'm the only one thinking this. But every time you say Brandon Sta, I think it's Stokely down the sidelines, <laughs> and I think of the old receiver. Oh Brandon my goodness! Stokely. Good old yeah, good Gus Johnson. Yes, but yes, Coach Stanley, he's maybe not as efficient as that receiver. All right, that's that's fine. That's fine. I've got a really good number ten, and I think they're a little. Uh, I just think they're a value play, man. There's something about the Baltimore Ravens and Coach Harbaugh. I've got them at 10, and it just goes to show where Cincinnati, man, yes, this is their division now, but Baltimore, I'm sure they're in their head. It's just tough because I am missing Lamar Jackson here. But, again, if Anthony Brown can get this win, and we've seen this before where quarterbacks come into the playoffs and they get hot. And I would go out on a limb, and I think if Anthony Brown can get this win, I think he can get another win on the road. And it would remind me of Mark Sanchez when he took over the Jets and he got some playoff wins right off the bat, and no one saw that coming. So let's see, man. I think Anthony Brown's a bit more athletic than, uh, than Mark Sanchez is. And so, yeah, I like Baltimore. I like uh, I like Andrews. He's a matchup nightmare. And, again, we have to remember that Baltimore has been maybe the best three-quarter team in the league all year. They've blown a lot of games, and they've had some really weird, fluky plays go against them, some just terrible coverage, blow, uh, blown coverages on the back end. And so hopefully that should be uh, – it should be fine-tuned for the playoffs, right? Here we are. We're on week 19. And, yeah, I like Baltimore at 10, man. What about you? Hey, man, that is a, uh, that is a very interesting spot to have them, man. The unexpectedness, right? Or the, uh, I'm sorry, the un- un- unpredictable 
uniqueness of this Ravens offense and what they're going to look like this week is kind of an intrigue more than a detriment, right? Because we don't have film um, on how this offense is going to look. Harbaugh's a really smart man. He knows this. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how your team goes in here. Um, all right, man. So my number 10 spot, man, and the wind is a single digits. At 10, I've got the fighting New York New York Giants. I uh, I have them here because I went ahead and gave Dayball a three. Um, kind of just a middle-of-the-pack rating there. But, he good, you know, I think he's a good coach. Um, and I'm intrigued to see how his playoff debut looks. Uh, Daniel Jones is the quarterback. I gave him a two. I think that there is a lot of guys in football I'd rather have over Daniel Jones. That said, you can't tell me that he doesn't feel a little bit like an Eli Manning. And I'm not saying that the arm or the, you know, the, the accuracy, I'm not saying any of that. But what I'm saying is it just feels like a New York Giants quarterback, doesn't he? And this is, you know, his first welcome into the dance here in the postseason. And I think there's something to that. Um, so I give him I give him a two. The offense, I give a three. I think it's fair to give them up a boost, up a point for how good Saquon Barkley by himself looked this year. He's really shown why he was taken fourth overall in the draft and has really overcome all those injuries. Um, I also went ahead and gave their defense a two. It could be a little low. It's just it's it's the secondary. It's not great. I've seen them get absolutely destroyed through the air. Um, so it's one of those things, man. I really do think the Shines defense could tighten up, though, in the playoffs. Um, and that gave them also a total score of 10. Um, and just to be 100% transparent, I ranked the Miami Dolphins, the Chargers, and the Giants the same. Um, but I had the Giants at 10, Chargers at 11, Dolphins at 12. So, uh, man. Is your number nine team, or do you have any thoughts on the Giants uh, that I rate? Wow. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I felt like uh, you explained it very well why you got them where you got them, and I can appreciate that. And I think that's really the goal that we like to we like to go with, right? It's not necessarily uh, always going to be the unanimous popular opinion or the popular take. But I feel like the beautiful part about sports and sports takes is everyone – can almost kind of tell you their path to victory or what they can possibly see or why they see it. And yeah, everyone has some biases, right? And sometimes we were unable to see our blind spots. But that's the beauty of making these takes and making these predictions and being able to talk, man, whether it's at the barbershop, it's at the coffee shop, or, you know, it's on this podcast. So my number nine team, the Jacksonville Jaguars and coach Doug Peterson Trevor Lawrence. And again, I know what you're saying, man. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? They don't have home field advantage. But the issue is the Chargers don't have a fan base, right? They don't. They had a decent fan base in San Diego. They actually sold that stadium out. But they've struggled at the SoFi Stadium. And then I really don't know too many Chargers fans, right? Besides our mutual buddy who we won't name until he gets on the pod <laughs> as a guest. And I, gotta, <laughs> and I gotta say, we know that these Chargers fans don't travel well. And why would you? Because your team's always gonna disappoint. All right. They've they just I don't know, man, it's tough. It's tough being a Chargers fan. I couldn't couldn't comprehend how that is. 
But back to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You have a Super Bowl winning coach, Doug Peterson, who I think is a top three, top five coach. And look what he's done. He's turned it around. He's got this young team, young defense, believing. The Christian Kirk's uh, signing at wideout, man, he's been worth every penny. He has dominated this season. Travis uh, Etienne, man, he's he's a much better running back than I like to admit. I just feel like I don't understand his style of running, and it's just different. But he's efficient. He does have a couple of fumbles here and there. I know Lawrence is not shy to throw some picks here and there. So I think if Jacksonville is able to limit some of these turnovers, man, and execute and get touchdowns, not field goals, I think I think I like them, man. So, yeah, I got them here as the ninth team, man. Who you got and who you got them. Very nice, man. Very nice. I love the explanation there. Um, a very similar point is going to come from me on my Jacksonville side. But before I get that, at number nine, I have also low compared to where you had them, which you had them low at nine, the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know why, man, but me and you were just not big on them. Um, we didn't talk before we made these and we didn't share any of those. But I have a lot of the same takes with these Vikings, man. I gave Cousins uh, a three rating, and I feel like that might even be a little generous because regular season, he's a three or a four. But anytime there's pressure, he's one or two. Uh, you can't tell me that this guy is showing you anything in any meaningful primetime game outside of beating New Orleans. Um, it's just. I went ahead and gave their coaching staff a two. I don't hate it nor love it. I'm kind of indifferent on it. Um, their offense, man, they move. They move, and Justin Jefferson moves, and you know, Dalvin Cook moves. To reiterate some points, a lot of weapons. I'm just scared for when that Kirk Cousins interception is going to come, especially when it's in that third quarter in a crucial drive. You know it's coming, and you know it's going to occur. It happens every postseason game. Uh, defense, man, I went ahead and was generous and gave them three. I think that they, uh, you know, they can get to the quarterback, and they, they've had a lot of games where they've had to catch up this season. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of one score wins. They're able to adjust really well too. Like we saw in that indie game, um, they, they they made a lot of defensive adjustments and didn't allow, I don't think, more than three points in that second half against Indy, which actually led to the largest in the NFL. Um, that gave them a total of twelve points which I just want to say is two higher than the Giants. I still, uh, I still really like the Giants, but to stop my rankings, I had to be 100% transparent on that. Do you, uh, do you, what do you have, man? Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? I like it. I like it. I was actually getting a comment from our, our Chargers fan. He's mentioned that he's in here and he wants to comment, but I'm not seeing him in here. Do you see him? I do not, man. I don't see him in the lobby. Um, we do have. Yeah, that's. He may be honestly I, listening here as a uh, as just you know listening without a Twitter account. That that's possible. That could be it. I think uh, we'll see. I'll I'll get back to him and let him know that. Hey man, we don't see you in here. <laughs> if you can somehow, uh, you know, jump in and defend the Chargers, man. Say it's a lot like his Chargers, man. The fans <laughs> showed up to the stadium and they were gone. They bolted <laughs> to LA and left they go high and dry. Right. And you know what's interesting, man, is I feel like the Chargers should have renamed them. Is, is Jaws a damn scarecrow? What is this? <laughs> oh, here he is. Here he is, man. I see what's this. We got a Yeah, if you want to invite him, man, and let him defend his Chargers real quick. Let's see. 
you know. He's invited anytime. Welcome Open in, platform Josh. here, right? Open platform. Let's see. That scarecrow, man, reminds me of the uh, the old quarterback, Philip Rivers, for the Chargers, man. He was. Uh, that scarecrow very- resembles fans of the Chargers, man. All these heartbreaking defeats. They don't have much left. I feel like he was scaring away all those playoff wins that the Chargers should have gotten. Guys might be getting a little bit of cold feet here, man. <laughs> no, I, I think so. I think if you want to just request him or see how we can figure this out. But I'm a, you know, I'm gonna let him comment here and see what he can do. While we're doing that, I'm going to jump into my number eight team. This is the team that if they can get past this team, I really think they can make a deep playoff run. Has to do with the coach himself. And having a top five running back in Kenneth Walker. Yes, the Seattle Seahawks. I've got them at number eight. It's very high. Wow. It, it is high, but look. Look at the total package. You got a defensive rookie who has just shelled out. Tar- uh, Tariq Woolen, right? He's played superb. This, It's interesting, man, because I'm getting remnants of the old uh, Legion of Boom dynasty right in the early 2010s. This uh, Seattle secondary has just been phenomenal as far as from what their expectations. They've got another corner, Kobe Bryant, on the other end. And, man, it's interesting, uh, foe and company, because I feel like it was just the other day where they traded away so many people to get Jamal Adams. And we forget about Jamal Adams, right? He's been MIA. That That's a great uh, absolutely great take, man. You know, he was hurt, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, first, second week of the season. Um, so, you know, man, it's tough, right? They, they gave up quite a bit to get him. And uh, he's an absolute stud when healthy. I mean, the guy's pretty much a glorified linebacker playing safety. Um, and they're going to get him back next year, right? And that's and look at what they've done without him. So, sorry, I'll pass the mic right back to you, man. But that's a right. fantastic point. It is. It's just one of those things where I really got to say that Seattle is a sleeper team here in these playoffs. And if they can, if Gino can limit his turnovers, which he has done throughout the year, I feel like Seattle's got a shot, man. DK Metcalf, if he can limit his drops, which he has done really well this year. He's, he's a, you know, he's got big play, man. I got to say DK Metcalf to me is the Josh Allen level of highly improbable highs lows the volatility i love it i just feel like with dk you don't know if you're gonna get 200 yards or maybe one tackle where he chases down uh, buddha baker and maybe a couple of grabs right or a couple of drops but the thing with metcalf you gotta love his passion man the guy loves to play football and yeah he drops the ball here and there but you know that's that's the type of guy you want on your team i'd love to have a teammate like that man and so yeah seattle at eight Coach Pete, I think he's going to get his boys riled up. They're going to go in. He's got that confidence. He's actually got a very good record against Kyle Shanahan as well. And, and he's had that number in San Fran. So let's make it happen, man. I, I like Seattle at eight. Who you got? Nice, man. Okay, well, at my eighth spot, uh, I have Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'll tell you why I have them here. I actually have Minnesota range exact same point total of 12 as I do Jacksonville. Like we always say on this podcast, coaching matters. And I trust Doug Peters every day of the week. I, I'm going to roll with Doug on this one. I think he's a four out of five coach. I 
they and this is coming from somebody who hated on Trevor Lawrence the entire his entire college run, as well as saying he was drafted extremely too high. But I'm going to go. Um, yeah. Sorry, quick question. I don't want to cut you off. If you could invite Jaws to to speak, and also if you can give me the co-hosting abilities, I'm not sure if I'm seeing it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I got quick. you, man. So I've just I've I've actually invited Jaws. Uh, I just sent you the co-host, but I've actually invited Jaws to to. Um, man. To, to speak. All right, let's see. Let me invite him to speak. All right, one second. Let's see. All right, Jaws, you should be able well, to see that. We're inviting you. If, if, if you don't wait now, just finish up my brief thoughts on Jacksonville. I had, uh, of course, this man, a, a two, two out of five. And the defense, I went ahead and gave them a three out of five for a total of 12 points. I think that that, once again, tied with Minnesota. I like Minnesota. Okay. All right. Let's see. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully he's commenting. I'm, I'm inviting him to speak, but I don't know if he's seeing it on his end. It should be popping up. Man, I'm looking forward to uh, expanding our budget and getting all the technology. Moment, I'll let you take the reins, man. Oh, here he is. Jaws, are you there? Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, finally. Yes, can how's it going? Good. Welcome to the, welcome to the show, Jaws. So just for our listeners, man, who haven't heard of you, just the legend of you. No. <laughs> just uh, tell them where you're from. Tell them uh, your favorite team, man, and just uh, you know if you got a favorite player of all time or something. Gotcha. Yeah, I so I I mean I grew up with Goggin and Forrest. Um, we've been friends for a while now. Favorite team, uh, San Diego Chargers, but they don't really exist anymore. So that's kind of a bummer. And uh, favorite player is probably either LaDainian Tomlinson or Antonio Gates. I mean, I think that's the only reason you'd ever be a Chargers fan. Uh, there's not much else, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's that's about it. I mean, not too much. I haven't really been watching football the last couple of years, but I did some research today uh, just to – just to talk to you guys about it since it's been so long. But, yeah, so I'm just excited to, to hear what's been going on and how um, teams have been the last couple of years and all that. It's good to see the Chargers are still doing Charger things, though. So not that hasn't really changed. I love it. Hey, That's fantastic. Hey, oh, uh, can you guys hear me? Oh, by the way, Forrest, yes, we I will be in Vegas in Good. two weeks. I bought the tickets like 10 minutes ago. Oh, man. All right. Well, we're definitely we're definitely hyped over that, man. I'm excited to see you, man. It's going to be a good, good time here uh, here in Nevada. Um, dude, it's good to talk with you, man. I, I know you said you haven't watched football, but you wouldn't have known that. Yeah, just a little insider info here for everybody that's listening. Jaws actually went. Did you go fourteen and one in our in our fantasy league this year? I did go fourteen and one. Uh, but if you look at it, I think I made a total of three moves throughout the year. Uh, I think auto drafted my team. I saw my team. <laughs> I saw my team. I thought it was terrible, and then I went thirteen or fourteen and one. So what do I know? Uh, hey man, hey, I respect it. I respect it. Yeah, one would say he was the trust fund kid in the fantasy football. It's true, league. bro. I, I woke it came. <laughs> I woke up on a beautiful beach in the Philippines, saw my team get drafted, and I just started winning a bunch of games. I was like, cool. It's great. Hey, that's a good problem to have, man. Very good problem to have. Yeah, Jaws, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and jump in 
and uh, get back our listeners right before we go on these tangents, yeah. guys. So, I, it's you know, it's always bad when I'm the voice of reason, all right, <laughs> for anyone who knows me outside of the pod. All right. So, Fofo, I'm going to go ahead and give you my number seven team. I've got your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've got to say, man, Tom Brady, is he the luckiest guy alive? You know, he's always got these comebacks that happen to him. He's just always got so many things that can just go his way, right? And I will say, man, he's he's got to be out there and just licking his chops at the quarterback level that he has to go against. He's avoided Rodgers as well. They couldn't even make the playoffs. Goff, Goff might actually be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC as well. Boy, boy, was I wrong on Jared Goff. He has really surpassed expectations of everyone, I'm sure. And at the end of the day, Tampa Bay, this is a Super Bowl winning team, Super Bowl caliber players. I really think playoff Lenny, you know, enough set rights in his name. Mike Evans, Godwin, I think Tampa, I really just think it's one of those things where they've just been waiting for the playoffs all year round. they got a home game. Tom Brady's not losing this game. And, yeah, it's that simple. They've got a good defense. I like Coach Bowles. Yeah, this is Tampa Bay, man. I really think Tampa Bay can come out of the uh, the NFC. So who you got at six, man? Hey, man, I, I just have to say it is very scary when everyone's hyping up your team and you're the only one that's very concerned about your own team. It's not it's not a great feeling, but I do think you have a lot of good points. Um, I, one thing I wanted to say as well, man, uh, in, not related to the Bucks, but I had to say, man, I'm so proud of you for giving Jared Goff his due praise because that man is out here balling. And I may or may not in my past have written an article called Why Jared Goff is the Next Tom Brady. And for many years, I couldn't bring that to the public because it would get laughed at. And it's probably still getting laughed at and probably will never come true. But he is showing a very good quarterback poise dealing with the quarterback, uh, the team switch, dealing with all that. So I just am glad we got to give him a little bit of love on the playoff. Back to the topic at hand, man. My number seven here, uh, I have the Dallas Cowboys. I think, you know, you had them at the bottom of the barrel. I also am using somewhat similar thoughts on here. I have them ranked with another team in terms of total points, but they're at seven. Uh, I gave them a two for coach. I think McCarthy's the most overrated coach in the last 20 years. Get him out of here. Three for quarterback. I'm going to give Dak a little bit of praise. He's made a lot of big throws this year, and he's operated that offense well for most games. Um, four on the offense. They've got a lot of weapons, and they've got a two-headed monster attack with Ezekiel Elliott. And they're able to – with Ezekiel Elliott really resuming the, the backup role now in a sense. Um, and, and it's scary. Um, I went ahead and gave that defense a four as well um, just so that uh, – they are able because they are able to get turnovers. That secondary is definitely their strength. They have a good pass rush. They're going to make some some teams have some trouble if they get past Tampa in the first round. So, total of thirteen points, one ahead of Jacksonville, uh, tied with another team. But that is where I have them at seven. Man, what about you? Wow. Uh, again, it seems like you're drinking the Dallas Cowboys Kool Aid out there. And uh, maybe I just had them at 14, and I'm over here trying to rationalize them at, at the top seven that you have. But, wow. Okay. Uh, 
I, I don't know. That kind of left me speechless, man, because I had to think about the Dallas Cowboys winning a playoff game. And it's been a long time since they've done that well. And, yeah, I don't know, Fo. I liked your, uh, your formula, though, right? So you're able to back it up. But you have to remember that you have to maybe add like a minus seven or minus eight for the Dallas Cowboys having this history and the curse. And I don't know. They got a lot of energy to get past, right? You you can't look past the stigma that goes with the Dallas Cowboys in the last 30 years, right? I mean, you have to have a VHS player to watch their Super Bowl highlights. And that's not a joke. Um, we're past DVDs now. We're onto just streaming platforms. So they skipped a whole generation of not being relevant. And... I, I completely agree with you, man. Um, but once again, uh, you have to look at an injured O-line on the Buccaneers, a very good pass rush for Dallas. That does favor them. And Tom, one thing you can knock the greatest of all time on t- Tom Brady for is he doesn't like pass rushes, man. He doesn't. He'll give up the sack. That's something that definitely plays into favor of Dallas and is is a key factor of why I have him where I have him. Wow, that's a great point, man. I, I You just made me think about, you know, his happy feedback when he was losing to the Giants in the two Super Bowls, man. But you know what? Let's, yeah, I can't even think about that right now. That's tough. Anywho, you know what? We're getting into the top uh, top few teams. I think we're on number six now. So this is about to get fun, man, because this is where we're going to have to really defend our case. The All elite right. of the elite. <laughs> yes, the teams who, you know what? Well, what's great, man, is uh, in a few weeks, we'll be able to reflect on this episode. We've got the data. It's out there. And we'll really be able to tell how good we were and how bad we were. And hopefully I'm not having to eat it on the Dallas Cowboys or the Minnesota Vikings. One yes, thing I- Kirk Cous- yes, Kirk Cousins will be hoisting the Lombardi over our head and we will be canceled after two weeks of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> man, if, oh, if Cousins wins that Super Bowl, that would really be a legacy-changing uh defining moment indeed but before that happens i think the philadelphia eagles are my number six pick the number six team i feel like there's something to be said about philadelphia we've been picking against them all year round people have been doubting them hurts i really don't know you know he's able to run the ball well he's efficient the thing is the guy won a lot at alabama he was one of the best high school quarterbacks out there as well I think he's just kind of coming into his own. And Coach Nick Sirianni has done superb, man, with the record that the Eagles have had. They have a bit of an aging defense, but I think the A.J. Brown pickup has just been done, just doing wonders for them. Yeah, I got to say, man, I like the Eagles here. They've got a great fan base, which I do respect. I know people uh, outside of Philadelphia like to dislike the passion that Philadelphia has. But I think we have to remember that Philadelphia is the original capital of the United States of America. All right. And, uh, you know, to kind of counter that is they fumble that away. So hopefully they don't fumble this away either. This is a team primed to win the Super Bowl. Let's see what they can do, man. Uh, Philadelphia is my number six pick. Who you got? Man, that is, uh, that's a bit low. Um, but, and I think, I agree with it, but my goodness, is that a hot take, man? Um, let me go ahead and head into my uh, number six team, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. Um, this makes me uh, very nervous to have them at six with a losing record on the season. Um, went ahead and gave Tom Brady a two on the rating scale. Went ahead and gave our uh, 
uh, sorry, I went ahead and gave Tom a four on a rating scale. I'm kind of buying into what Tom is in the playoffs every year. Um, went ahead and gave Todd. You said you like Todd Bowles as a coach, man. I'm glad somebody does, but I don't. I I even can see him with this playoff win heading off next year, man. Um, and especially if we lose, he's gone. That said, man, offense, you got to give a four with playmakers like Mike Evans out on one side, Chris Godwin on another. You got Lombardi Lenny. We're going to call him Lombardi Lenny this year. Uh, Lombardi Lenny in the backfield. You've got an offensive line that is hopefully getting back Ryan Jensen. That's the, that's the rumor. That's going to be a huge help for Brady to have his original center back, probably one of the top three centers in football. And, you know, we've got some emerging guys like Kate Otten and uh, – Keith and like guys like that at tight end who are actually really stepping up. So, so yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, rank them. I ended up adding it up to 13. Um, so they are tied with the Cowboys, but obviously I like Tampa just a little bit more than Dallas. I think it's going to give them the edge on Monday. So I have Tampa at six. Wow, that's funny. That's that's a good take. I think one of my favorites is uh, I went over here with the gut and intuition. And you over there went with the math. And so it'll be interesting to see, man, how this plans out. And it's good to see different takes and just different forms of logic. I feel like when it comes to the playoffs, you know, we've seen a lot of wildcard teams win the Super Bowl. It's again, it's three wins and you're good to go. So we'll see how this pans out, man. I'm excited to see this. Uh, Hey, real quick, man, just to add on to that, because that's an amazing point. In what other sport is it really, truly one and done, right? That's what makes football so beautiful and so much fun to watch because, honestly, any of these teams, if they steal that first game, it doesn't matter how good their season was. The, the, the opposing team, they're, they're out, right? And in baseball, it's you know a series. Basketball, you've got to win for it, – it's ridiculous. In football, it's one and done. Any team can get this done and move on, and that is what makes Wild Card Weekend so crazy. I completely agree, man. We've seen a lot of fluky things happen in the playoffs. And not necessarily fluky, but it just has to go with the probability of an oblong ball and 22 people on the field. You know, some things are going to happen, man, right? You don't know where the ball is going to bounce. Yes, exactly. Okay, my number five team, the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, I've got them ranked very high, and I'll explain why. Okay, I've got Herbert. All right. I don't know if you've seen this, but Herbert can throw the ball and he can throw the ball anywhere. He's got Keenan Allen, got Mike Williams, got Josh Palmer. Man, I just, I feel like Eckler's been a, a monster this year. As long as the Chargers don't go for it on their own, like maybe 28, 30 yard line, I kind of feel like this is the year, man. You know, you're over here buying into the Dallas Cowboys. I guess I'm drinking this Charger Kool-Aid. And uh, it's, you know, it's funny, man, because here I am saying it out loud. And I'm like, oh, man, this doesn't sound right, but it feels right. And sometimes that's what you got to go with. All right. This is a defense that picked up Khalil Mack. They picked up pieces. And uh, I got to say, I like this Charger squad, man. And again, in years past, they've struggled at kicker. They finally fixed that. All right. So this is it, man. I think the Chargers can make a deep playoff run if they're able to get past the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's just the thing. I think this is the first year where I've seen the AFC teams just, man, every team's a powerhouse in the AFC. 
And so, yeah, just getting out of there is going to be difficult. It'll be interesting to see what happens, man. Who you got at number five? Well, before I get to my number five pick, I want to give the the listeners here a little bit of a, a backstory on you, Goggin. You every year are really good at picking one wild card team that typically will stun or upset a team in the opening round and, and sometimes in the divisional round. And to add some credibility to that, I can vouch the Titans were your team um, the year that they went and beat the Patriots. I mean, you were calling that right out of the gate. The other thing I also want to give credit on is where I counted the Bengals out in week one of last, you know, wildcard weekend of, of last season, you actually had them winning against every single team. You may or may not have put money to your, you know, your, your, your pick, but I'm just saying you, you've, you've backed that and you've had credibility the whole stretch. So I do want to give you props on that, my man. Thank you. Thank you. I know it, it I know it eats at your pride and your ego to uh, give me a little bit of love out here, right, on the internet. But you're right. I did. I actually told you why I liked the Bengals last year, right? I had a top five quarterback, a top five running back, and a top five receiver. It was that simple, right? And again, I will say it didn't look good when they were down 18 points to Kansas City, but they were able to come back and stun that game. And man, that was awesome to see. I did have them winning the Super Bowl, so I was wrong there. But... What a season for them. And I kind of hope that maybe that energizes them for this year, right? So, yeah, let's see what they can do. But, yeah, give me your uh, your number five team, man. All right, man. Well, to keep on this trend of just talking about the Cincinnati Bengals, man, I have the Cincinnati Bengals at five. I actually flirted with giving them up as high as three. There's something about them this season, man. I, I don't know what it is. If I'm really buying, they're drinking the Joe Burrow Kool-Aid. I've never really big, big, been big on him up until this year. But, man, he has looked fantastic. Uh, I went ahead and gave uh, the coaching with, with Zach Taylor a four. I went ahead and gave the uh, quarterback in Burrow a four. And then the offense, I went and also gave a four. Um, defensively, I went ahead and gave them a three, adding up to 15 points. Um, that is a two-point gap larger margin than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who they are ahead of. And they're also tied with the team. But I did take a team higher than them, put a team higher than them, like just a little bit more. Um, but that said, that's where I have them, man. I have them at five. Wow. All right. That was a good segue, man. I, I felt like it just kind of worked out right there. Yeah, that's fine. I think that's a little low for Cincinnati, but hey, that's your list. It's not my list. Now, this is a possibly a sensitive topic. I'm maybe walking on a couple of eggshells here, right? We got some 49er fans in the pod. That being said, and my dad's a 49ers fan, right? So, yeah. That being said, number four, San Francisco 49ers. This is a team, man, this is one of the best defenses I've seen in a long time. That being said, I'm not even going to go there where you guys think I'll go there, the co- the, the quarterback. I'm going to go with Coach Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is the master of blowing leads in the playoffs. All right? Blue leads when he was uh, offensive coordinating for Matt Ryan. Kept having him snap the ball with 15, 20 seconds left. And we know how that ended. They blew the 28-3 lead. They blew the lead in the Super Bowl a couple years back against Kansas City. Yeah, we can blame it on Garoppolo. Come on, call a better game. All right. And at the end of the day, saw it happen last year as well. They lost to the Rams, blew another lead. All right. And there's something to be said, man, about a coach that blows the leads that many times in crucial games. I don't know how you undo that. All right. We mentioned multiple times where you can't coach the player from throwing interceptions. All right. 
like uh, Josh Allen for say, or turning the ball over, right? I don't know how you recalibrate a coach who's just blowing leads. All right. Is it, is it highly improbable to say that this isn't just some sort of arrogance on his end? And I don't understand why, because he hasn't won anything. All right. And yeah, you got Brock Purdy. We'll see what he can do. I don't know. I don't actually hide, you know, I just don't think he'll really do too well. And yes, Christian McCaffrey, he's good, but doesn't run as well inside the tackles. We'll see. This is going to be a rainy game in in, uh, San Fran and, I mentioned this the other night, but I like Seattle. I like them money line, and I definitely like them with the points. So, yeah, that's really my take right there, man. Uh, San Francisco, I like them high. And, yeah, but I will say that it's highly improbable, man. This is a tough team to pick. Well, man, I think that was an interesting take. I uh, I will say very low, in my opinion. Uh I think they, and you know, obviously you're ranking yours based off likeliness to win the Super Bowl. I'm ranking mine on just rosters. But I do have to say, extremely, extremely uh, uh, low in my opinion. But I'll go ahead and give you my next one here, man, at four. I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Coach Sirianni uh, gave him a four. the quarterback of Jalen Hurts, man. Wow, is he impressed me this season. I went ahead and also gave him a four. Offensively, I gave him a three. I feel like some games they've looked really, really good. And and then there's been a few where they've been kind of stalling out. I instantly think of the Washington Commanders game where they couldn't get it rolling. Um, defensively, went ahead and gave them a four. They have the most sacks in the NFL this year, and I think there's something to that, especially in the playoffs. So uh, I went ahead and gave them the four spot. They had a total of 15 points tied with the Cincinnati Bengals. I like them better than the Bengals, but I had to go ahead and roll with them. All right, fair enough. Sure enough, man. You know, I think I had Philadelphia pretty high as well. And so, yeah, that's that's fine. That being said, and the NFC is much weaker, right? So the path to victory for them is a little bit easier than Cincinnati's. That, Very true. I will say, though, my top three teams, man, I think a lot of people would agree with this in terms of the top three teams um, that are maybe the most – dangerous teams to watch in this playoff all right number three maybe a little too low for people but not because i've got buffalo the buffalo bills at number three all right a lot to love about the team and a lot to be worried about the team as well all right so just like dallas man they they've struggled in the playoffs for a very long time buffalo is notorious for struggling in the playoffs they're notorious for losing right they went to four straight super bowls in the 90s and yes that is superb that's very very difficult to do no team has done it since but they lost all four of them and that's also kind of really just what it comes down to right i think a majority of people for the longest time forgot buffalo was even in new york right they couldn't name you what state they were in and that's just uh has to go with the city itself buffalo let's not forget Man, they were trying to move Buffalo to Toronto several years back. Do you remember that regarding the stadium issue? And they would host games in, in Toronto as well as home games. So, anywho, to get back to the current day Buffalo Bills, man, Coach McDermott, I like him a lot. Josh Allen, enough said, right? Superstar quarterback, top tier talent. Remarkable guy to watch. Very, very fun. 
You don't know when he's going to turn the ball over. You don't know. Man, it's either going to be a 60-yard touchdown bomb or it's going to be a pick six or it's going to be some strange turnover. He's exciting to watch, and it's great. But Diggs, Diggs can get frustrated, all right? So we'll see if he gets enough targets. Gabe Davis, touchdown machine. I do think he he broke out last year in the game in Kansas City, or actually two years ago, or last year, man. Yeah, it was last two years ago. I think. That was last year, <laughs> man. Hey, man, and also I believe these- they have that that young young kid, John Brown, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 32-year-old John Brown, right? No, I just got to say this Buffalo Bills team, I really hope we get that neutral site game between Buffalo and Kansas City. It'd be fun. But I don't know if Buffalo can make it that far. I think if they are able to beat Miami, they might struggle in the next game. All right. And ultimately, it's hard to lay money down in Buffalo, but it's it's just one of those teams where – the name Buffalo, I wonder if that's almost something that shies me away from it. But they're a heck of a team. They are so good on paper. But we all know that they have stretches and periods of times of just turnovers. And they'll have defensive lapses. But we'll see what they do this year, man. So, yeah, I got them at uh, top three. And that's it. That's where I laid the money down. What do you got? So looking at my three, man, I have the exact same team. I also have the Buffalo Bills. I did just want to jump in real quick because Cuvante has a great, great comment. Uh, As somebody who, like, if you know me and you know, like, what I collect, I collect jerseys, and I've done that. And you you know that about me, Goggin and uh, Cuvante. I've collected jerseys for quite a while. One of the ones that I always collected, and I have both the home and the away, was the Marshawn Lynch Buffalo Bills jerseys because I really love that era of football. And Marshawn is my absolute boy, right? So it's funny. Cuvante just chimed in and says – uh, a moment I remember is Marshawn Lynch saying his favorite part of being in Buffalo was the Applebee's. And that is funny because there's not a lot to do, right? You can go to the falls. You can go ahead and do whatever. But there's not a lot there except studying football, which is why I think we both have them third most likely to win the Super Bowl. They have great coaching, great quarterback, good offensive movement, great offensive movement, and a, and a solid defense. Um, so with that said, uh, I am I have them ranked at four, 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 and four for sixteen as my total number. So that's where I have them. They're ranked was that four. a Wendy's reference, man? Was that a Wendy's four for four reference, or Ooh, you giving me the four total? Four. <laughs> make a run. I don't think they have that anymore, but still, yeah, maybe five years ago they did, right? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Anywho, what was your uh, your Buffalo Bills take? I don't want to interrupt. Oh, no, you're good. I had the same points you had. Um, I had it, you know, pretty even. I mean, they're the most even team on my board. I don't have anyone else that is completely 100% at the same score all the way through, which you would think would favor them in a postseason. But, uh, yeah, 4-4-4-4 four, 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 went ahead, got them got a 16 rating. Could we also argue for Buffalo that they have been, you know, the best fan base? And, you know, it's commonly known throughout the um, 
throughout the league. But I would even add that I think Buffalo and Kansas City, man, they might be the only two teams in this playoff that have a legit home field advantage, right? Would you agree with that? So maybe Buffalo, that can help them out. It could, right? But then again, you get back to like crucial time of AFC championship game and they're not going to have that if they pair off with uh, with Kansas City. So it's, it's like having it for sure. I would argue Buffalo is probably the toughest place to play. You have the snow factor. You have the cold weather. You have rabid fans. Bill's Mafia is well known and respected by all fan bases. That said, you have it with a caveat. Uh, if the two best teams with the most likely you know, betting odds come out of the AFC, it's going to be played in Atlanta, which for Atlanta fans, it's going to be great for them because they're going to finally get to see what championship football truly looks like. And that's a first. So had to make a little dig there. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, we have the same uh, same take on our three, man. Do you uh, do you want to go for your two? I will go. Number two, I've got the cigar smoker himself, the guy who's just got a different energy about him at quarterback. A quarterback, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals, man. A quarterback that, if you think about it, it's – it's remarkable because I don't think he's elite at one single thing, right? He throws a good ball. He's accurate, but he's not that accurate. He's got an arm, but it's not that great. But what I will say is cerebrally, I got the the intellectual level. I feel like he prepares better than any quarterback. And it really seems to be that he doesn't give too many um, cares in the world when he messes up. He's got a calmness that really has elevated his game and it elevates those around him, right? Uh, We've been in huddles before and, you know, the energy in the huddle is important, right? You want the captain to give you a bit of a a calm delivery and letting you know that, hey, there's going to be turbulence, but he's at least communicating that to you, right? And I think that's the level that Burrow has. I'm sure he calmed him down when they were down 18 points against Kansas City and they rallied, all right? So I don't know how good the Cincinnati's uh, coach is, but I think he's good enough, man. He, he inherited Burrow, and they've been winning ever since, right? And yeah, so Cincinnati, man, I get a top five quarterback. I think I think Mixon regressed a bit this year, so maybe a top ten running back. And Chase, he was in and out of the lineup here and there this year, but he's still Jamar Chase and man T Higgins, Boyd. Yeah, they've they've got weapons galore, and Samaj P Ryan, who I think is one of the, if not the best, third down back in the game. I was just yeah, going to bring yeah. up Pirine, man. It was on the tip of my tongue. Wow, yes. Yeah, It's he's had a, a really well-traveled uh, career, man. He's, he's getting it done. And the Cincinnati Bengals team, man, this defense makes plays when it matters, right? They were getting uh, driven on all year round last year in the playoffs, but they made picks. They forced turnovers. And, yeah, I think they're the number two team, the second team most likely to make it to the Super Bowl, man. Who you got? Well, I respect that, man. Uh, For my two, I went ahead and I took the Kansas City Chiefs. I, you know, I flip-flop back and forth between my one and my two, but I got to give it to Kansas City. I think that they have Andy Reid, who the four out of five on my coaching scale uh in, in terms of quarterbacks kind of controversial a lot of people would give Mahomes a five I gave him a four I think there's you get a lot of great with Mahomes don't get me wrong to the point where it's almost frustrating right you see him make that cross body throw that you, you're taught in peewee football not to not to take you watch him make that 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 deep ball throw for 60 yards you wonder how he has a cannon like that and 
you know, it's it's a bit frustrating when you're the other team. But you also have seen him choke in some of the biggest games. If I go back to Cuvante, San Francisco 49ers, he played terrible for three quarters. And yes, they won in the fourth quarter when they were down 10. But, you know, it more comes is that is that more on the Niners and Shanahan or is that more on Mahomes and getting lucky? Um and that's what it really comes down to for me. You also can look at his performance against the Buccaneers in a meaningful Super Bowl game. He's also choked to Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I just, in the playoffs, man, I had to use a little bit of that. I went ahead and got them. I also ranked their offense a, a five and their defense a three for a total of 16 points tied with the Buffalo Bills, but I have them at two. Okay, that's fine. I am glad that you had them at two. I actually have the same team, the Kansas City Chiefs, at number one. I don't like them, but I respect them. All right. Coach Reed finally got the monkey off his back a few years ago when he won the Super Bowl. That was the knock on him. He got it done. And you know what? I think what's interesting is this is a hot take, but I truly believe this is the year where Kansas City feels that they have to win the Super Bowl. And if they don't, this dynasty is done. All right. We've already seen some chinks in the armor where they lost Tyreek Hill. All right. And so this this season and this um, this playoff run really go to show if Tyreek Hill was the only reason they were getting these uh, deep playoff runs and Super Bowl appearances. All right. Because Travis Kelsey was great, but he wasn't this great before Tyreek Hill elevated to a top three receiver in the league. You know what? They've they've just done so well, man. Mahomes has played the best he's ever played, I believe, this year. It'll be interesting to see how Kansas City goes about it. This team scores quick, and they um, I almost feel like they toy with their their opponents at times. And I just there's something about them, man. They score quick. They'll um, they'll get it done. They got Juju Smith-Schuster who should be their deep field, uh, deep threat. I don't know. I just think Kansas City, man, to me, they seem hungry. They understand that this is the year. They got to get the second Super Bowl in the Mahomes era or else they'll really be one of those forgotten dynasties. And they have, they're have, they at risk of becoming Seattle with, uh, with Russell Wilson, man, where they were one play away from winning the second Super Bowl with him. And they didn't get that, and they became a forgotten dynasty that never was. All right, so that's my take. I think Kansas City is hungry, and this is their year. Who you got, man? Number one. Wow. Okay. All right. You were really trying to sell me on the Chiefs here. Sounds like there's a lot of pressure on them, man. Is what it what I'm hearing from you. And you know what? The pressure either makes diamonds or pressure makes not diamonds. And I'm gonna lean not diamonds here, man. Uh, Cole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cole, man. And we know that they're a bunch of coal. Uh, no. I would just say that I do think that we're going to learn a lot about where this Chiefs team is. I do think that something that we both have talked about long ago in the past is Andy Reid and his battling of clutchness. You know, people forget this, but that was always the knock on him is he always came up short. And is he going to come up short again with these Chiefs just another year, right? Um, But my number one here, I went ahead and took the San Francisco 49ers. I uh, want to little talk about the rating here a little bit because there's a very specific thing that I did. So I went ahead and took the San Francisco 49ers and I took them and 
I gave their uh, coaching staff a four. I think that that's more than fair. I went ahead and gave their quarterback a two. Um, I'm not sold on him, and he's definitely going to be the make or break of this season, uh, this postseason, right? But he's looked great so far, so I can't give him a one. So I gave him a two. I gave the offense a four. They're very dynamic. Playmakers, top five players all around that, from the offensive line to wide receiver to the tight end. They're set. Defense. If I gave him a five, that would them at 15 which would be below kansas city and buffalo so what did i do i broke the scale i gave them a six because they are the most defensively sound team that's been in the playoffs in the last five years this is the best defense clearly in the playoffs and this is the most dominant that any team has whether it be on the offensive or the defensive side of the ball, this is the strongest area for the strongest team. I gave them a six on defense. That put them at 16 and tied them with the Chiefs and the Bills, and I put them at one because I think they have the best chance of winning the Super Bowl. So you're telling me you went all day without giving a single team a five on any rating, and then you went ahead and just gave them a six? You know, I didn't realize that until you just told me. But you know what? Yes, I did, man. No fives given here. Only We only give it out to elite teams. And my goodness, are the Niners elite. All right. Fair enough. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I heard that correctly. And I, you know, didn't know you were operating on a one to six scale this whole time. Hey, real quick, real quick. Okay. I did give the Chiefs uh, offense a five. So let's, I, I did give out one five today. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. That was a great take. I feel like you sold me on the uh, how good the Niners are, and I think you really got my brain spinning, and you got me thinking about Brad Johnson and your Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl with the quarterback that was just managing. The 2000 uh, – you're saying that this is similar to Trent Dilfer and the 2000 Ravens, right? Where really the quarterback just has to not screw it up, and as long as they can do that, they should win the game. Yeah, he's at the wheel, but this this car's on auto drive, right? So it's driving itself. If he doesn't do anything drastic, it's going to cruise right into a Super Bowl appearance. And I hate saying that, being a Buccaneers fan, but I have a hard time knowing that that defense is going to be coming through my offensive line and heading at Tom, right? And I have to be 100% unbiased on my takes. That's fair. But I, again, if you were giving me Brock Purdy and he is – him and Coach Kyle Shanahan are up at the top of the bus and they're driving this bus. Man, what they won't see coming is that Seattle secondary and Woolen in the middle of the road. Get out of here. No chance. You know what, man? Tariq Woolen, more like Tariq Holden. That guy holds a lot. I just had to throw that out there because for the first half of the season, that was my nickname for him. And you know what? The guy's a pro bowler now. I'm eating, you know, I've got egg on my face, but a fantastic, fantastic season from him. And Seattle finds another great corner, man. What what in the world? That's a good take. That's fair. I'll, I'll give you that, man. Yeah, you know, and uh, man, I got to say, I think that was enough, man. I felt like we touched on a lot of teams there. And I think it's a great, uh, great transition because I think on our Facebook page, man, didn't you have a question of the day today, man? 
Yeah, so this is a little bit of a new segment we're going to be doing. Uh, I'm going to be on our Facebook page, whether you're on my official page. If you want to join the, t- the actual official page of the Football Fanatics podcast, it would be much appreciated. Throw us a like, throw us a follow. We are going to be dropping a question of the day, and I'm going to be doing that um, every single day that we have a podcast, and we're going to read the results on air. Um, today's question was, would you rather have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen for the next 10 years? And I actually Actually, did get quite a few responses. The general consensus, though, uh, was people wanted Patrick Mahomes. I do want to throw this out here. I did get one. Uh, <laughs> I did get one vote uh, from a boy, uh, Travis. At a, uh, you know, he's a big Bengals fan, and he took Joe Burrow. So. Gotta love it. Like I said, I'm always going to read some fun comments on here, um, whatever responses we get. Uh, it was Mahomes over Allen, uh, and then also Burrow getting some love as well. Wow. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's good, man. I, I got to say, man, who would you take, man, Allen or Mahomes or Burrow? You know, man, I'd probably take it, – it, it's, it's a tough question because the talent is absolutely insane from both of them. I would probably take personally Patrick Mahomes. I just think there's a little bit more wow factor there than there is with Josh Allen. Plus, I'm not dealing with car crash Josh Allen where he doesn't know where the end zone is and he just likes throwing it to Vikings defenders for constant picks. What about you, man? Where would you who would you take? <laughs> I gotta say there is something to be said, man. I think what you're giving me is which quarterback is most likely to throw more touchdowns and less interceptions, right? I got to say, I like Allen the person more. I like Allen if I'm watching him. But I got to go with Mahomes, man. If I can't, if I could, I'd take Burrow actually as well. I think Burrow in 10 years, man, ah, the king of the AFC North, man, the king of the North. But yeah, between these two, the way the question is slated, I'd have to lean Mahomes, even though I dislike it. I just think Allen and his turnovers are, turnovers are hard to come. That's a great take, man. I just also want to throw out uh, in, in our chat on, on here, uh, Kivante also did say he would take Mahomes as well. It was pretty much a clean sweep for Mahomes across the board. So um, good first question. Once again, get your uh, definitely be checking our stories on our pages. Um, on our official page, I'm going to be dropping the question of the day every day that we're going live. And so you'll be able to uh, respond and kind of let us know what you're feeling. And it's always yeah, a way to get yeah. your voice on there, even if you're not able to tune in the podcast live at night when we're going. So um, did right. you want to I mean, that some love. Well, it seems to be that we're out there trying to get a monopoly on the the 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time podcast. Right. It seems like there's a market. All right, uh, we got Juan out there. Hey, you've, Juan you've heard of ESPN, uh, ESPN first take. Well, we're ESPN last take over here, man. <laughs> we're going to be the last thing you hear before you fall asleep. <laughs> you know what, man? It's it's funny, though, because, again, I, I think the only thing that happens is we just kind of have to nap throughout the day, right? There's people out there working graveyard, man, so we can go ahead and we can put in a couple of hours here and there every night. 
in the nights that we're able to. And yeah, I think one of those things is maybe we're able to catch the 3 or 4 a.m. East Coasters that are waking up, man, out there in New York and in the Boston area. So we'll see about that. Yeah, but, we just have uh, to start a, a Yankees podcast, and I'm pretty sure we'll be good <laughs> Yankees and Red Sox, man. Yes, I think we've got yeah. a pride market ready to go, man. That might be a little difficult to talk about, but yeah, I think we could do it. Anywho, one thing I did want to mention about my Mahomes take is it's only Mahomes for the next 10 years if his brother and his uh Ooh. yeah if, if his brother isn't out there attending these games and distracting him man i think mahomes had a lot of distractions to overcome and so yeah if if it's a focused uh, mahomes hey the first year he banned uh his brother and his wife from attending or that's the rumor uh, I think he broke the all-time passing record, and I know it's seven. You know, I know it's seventeen games now, but hey, it looks like it was a good decision for him. So I agree with you as well. Leave the distractions at home, and uh, I like the I, I like my homes a little bit more. I also think it'd be just not to ramble on too much about this topic, but I do think it would be interesting to see how Mahomes operates without Andy Reid. I know a lot of people give Andy Reid praise. But imagine Andy Reid with somebody else. Maybe he were to uh, – I'm sorry, uh, Patrick Mahomes with somebody else and see how offensively he would look. I just think it would be an interesting little thing to watch. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, did you have any other final comments or thoughts on the day, man? Anyone else, if you if you do, please raise your hand and, and open up. No, man, I am good. I think we talked a lot of football today, um, and I think that we'll uh, definitely be either coming back probably uh, – probably looking like saturday night and we'll have another podcast going or saturday uh well, we'll be, yeah we have i was an, going to say i can't believe this week has flown by and it still feels like we've got football sunday coming up don't it it definitely does man do you want to tell the uh the audience our plan for saturday actually yeah so uh you know what we're, we're gonna be trying something different here it's they're not gonna be full episodes we've kind of decided but they are we're, we're gonna be going live um and as of right now it looks like we're gonna be going live right after game one between seattle and san francisco on saturday um and it's gonna be a brief probably 30 45 minute reaction episode you're gonna get our live reactions and we're also gonna ask you guys for your takes any hot takes you have if you think they're winning a Super Bowl right away, come let us know. Um, and then we're also going to do a double take. So we're going to be coming back after the second game as well between the Chargers and the Jags. And we're going to be going live right after the final whistle. And we'll be jumping on here. And you feel free to jump in, give us your takes, listen to what we have to say. We'll listen to what you have to say, and it'll be a good reaction episode. So something me and uh, Goggin are going to be trying to do a little bit more during this playoff run. Yeah, so we're going to really just capitalize on these segments. So right after the games, we're going to just jump in. It'll be our uh, playoff limited series, man. So it'll be on the uh, the days that the playoff games are happening. So we're looking forward to that, man. Anywho, any final thoughts, man? I know it's running late out there. It's, uh, what, midnight here? It's no, man, I think here. we did. I think we did a fan. I think we had a great episode, and I love the involvement from everyone. Jaws, it was fantastic to hear from you, brother. Uh, and overall, everyone in the lobby, we really appreciate it. Um, it seems like our numbers are growing every day. Um, and, you know, not to break the fourth wall down a little too much, but we're noticing it. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, we always love looking and seeing that we've gained X amount of new viewers. Um, so thank you guys again for tuning in, and we'll definitely be back here. Uh, be back here on Saturday, ready to go. Of course, man. Go Texans, right? So we talked about them a little bit earlier today, and 
I, I also want to touch on one of the first projects that we work on will be a Houston Texans expansion series. So this, what we want to do is we'll yes. actually do a video series of this on our YouTube page that will be coming up where we will deep dive into the Houston Texans and the expansion series. So the expansion of the team, the storied history of football, overcoming the Dallas Cowboys. Man, we're looking forward to it, right? It was a project we touched on earlier today. And that was just something we want to reveal today. And we'll be touching on every other team, but we're going to talk about the expansion teams first. Yeah, you're going to be getting a lot of off-season content from us that are going to be more than just these pods. Um, not that the pods will go away. They're going to be, we're going to be getting on an actual pod platform here very shortly. I'm um, going to be going to a set schedule for podcasts, so you know when you can tune in and, and uh, enjoy and listen. But also, we're going to be trying a lot of different stuff from live watch-alongs. Uh, we'll be on YouTube. We'll be figuring out a streaming platform for our pods. And then we'll also be trying to do these team and career and player retrospectives, deep diving on a lot of those players that didn't get a, get a ton of love in the 2000s that really should have gotten the, the spotlight shined on them a little bit more. So we've got a lot of big things planned and we appreciate, you know, once again, you guys spending your evenings with us right now while we navigate through our preseason during the postseason. And uh, we look forward to uh, to coming back. All righty. Well, I couldn't say it any better myself, man. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for those that attended. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Juan, Q, Jaws, Fofo. Thank you, guys, man, and have an amazing night. Till next time, man, I'm signing out. Bye. Peace.